when I'm trying to come up with ideas, I have to, that has to definitely be in an organic way, not under a pressured situation. Also, like, towards the end of last year, I was having a bit of a hard time and was overcome with self-doubt about my practice. And You just... Moving with the wind and hearing the noises of the, the water and watching the light change and the wind change, and it's just so calming. Hello, and welcome to The Common Creative. My name is Chris Berediff. And my name is Paul Fairweather. And this week's guest is a, an, a young, highly talented professional artist, Gemma Rastel, because Gemma has just won a place as a finalist in the Win Prize, which is um, Australia's equivalent for landscape artists, as the Archibald is for portrait artists. She lives on a yacht uh, at anchor in a bay. Um, she produces beautiful watercolours, and I think she's going to give us such insights into creativity. Paul, what do you, what do you think we learned from her? We learned about about doubt, uh, artist doubt. Um, we learn about the fact of not to be immersed in a in the myth of a struggling artist. In fact, you know she's made a lifestyle choice. Uh, so it, it really was it really was uh, absolutely fascinating. Yeah, let's get her in. I, I think everyone should listen out as well for the idea of immersion. That uh, her passion is painting water. Uh, she she paints onto sailcloth, so there are big stitches sometimes to her paintings. Gemma Rasdell, a huge welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be here. Yes, welcome for me as well, Gemma. I'm really excited about this conversation. So we were just chatting earlier, uh, Gemma, and so you've been an artist for, for over 10 years, but tell us where you started. So after I finished school, um, my parents encouraged me to pursue art, and, and my mum was suggesting I do a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Um, but I, I think I was a bit scared of doing that or I was, I don't know, I was worried. So I ended up going for the next step, which I thought was the next step up, which was a Bachelor of Design, um, which I did for four years, majoring in graphics and textiles. And I almost dropped out so many times in the first year because it was not what I wanted to do. We were doing all this model making and technical drawings and all I wanted to do was paint. Um, but I ended up sticking it out and I, I worked um, in graphics and as a textile designer for a few years after uni. Um, but it wasn't really creative enough for me. And so then you decided to paint? Yeah, well, I was painting on the side the whole time while I was at uni um, and still exhibiting work and, and, you know, occasionally selling something. Um, so the painting never really stopped and eventually it sort of was this side project that took over my actual working life. And, um, yeah, I hated my job anyway, so it was pretty easy to give up. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Gemma, let me put you on the spot. We, we've coded, I suppose the creative process in our own way and, and, and we think the way way it's best to code it is to kind of distill things down to a core idea and then to bring that idea to life with stories and then to show what it looks like with some form of illustration and in our words it's not just a visual illustration it could be other kinds of illustration but i think for you <laughs> visual illustrations make perfect sense 
But if you, if you had to encode your thinking, your creativity in an idea, I'm putting you on the spot a bit here. What what would that be? <laughs> okay, so I was um, trying to think about how I could, um, like the same way that people paint famous people for the art board, how could I play sort of that into my win entry, the, uh, the concept of doing something that is engaging with um, to people who aren't artists and the public that are going to go see the show um, so that I would have more of a chance of maybe getting hung. Um, so I wanted to tell a story uh, about my home on Scotland Island and I did all these little landscape pictures, um, paintings um, from my friends and uh, neighbours' balconies. And under each um, painting, it has their names and the direction um, that their, ha their house faces. Um, so that basically audiences have to look in close and engage with it. Um, and yeah, it tells a story. So that was my way of trying to like, I guess sort of play the, play the art game, um, you know, and, and give myself the best chance of getting hung. Well, that's, that is so fantastic. And that is, you know, we, we could pay, pay you money for that promo uh, of our ideas and stories that matter because that is a brilliant idea, uh, and it's a great story, and it's all illustrated. So uh, the, the picture is so there for everyone to see at the and I, I was just amazed that, that my idea worked and I got home. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the beauty. So well, congratulations. That is that is fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. So you mentioned you mentioned boats and water. Now you live on a boat. A yacht in the pit water is that right and but you have a studio on land that you go to so tell us about how, how that came about and is that a central part of this idea of you know of the water so i had a bunch of savings and i was like okay i'm either going to live off my savings until they run out and do this art thing or i'm going to find a long-term sustainable way to live to support myself as an artist so i spent all my savings buying this boat and then um <laughs> kind of to my parents' uh, dismay, um, I put out a call on Facebook on a sailing forum, got a few strangers replied saying they'd crew for me, um, met them at the airport in, in Brisbane, and we all got on the boat and, um, and started sailing down south. Um, basically, it was sailing back to Peelwater. Um, and I was just really lucky they were great people because it could have gone really badly. <laughs> Gemma, just bring it up. So, to explain to people listening, if I'm right, the boat's on a swinging mooring. It's not on a marina. It's, it's so you can't walk on and off when you feel like. Yeah, it's on a swinging out mooring. Out there in the water. And last night, you and you and I, I don't know, we might live 10, 15 k's apart. There was a big squall that came through late afternoon. Yeah. Were you on board at that time? And if so, what, bring it to life. What's it like actually being living on a on a yacht? This isn't a houseboat. We're talking about a yacht at anchor in a bay. Yeah. So I was in Morning Bay last night when that hit, actually. Um, and Aki had just gone a bit crazy because she wanted to play with the ball. So we literally just got back from the beach because we'd just gone for a run on the beach. And I was I had my um, I had a little rowboat yesterday. So we were rowing back to the boat and I could see it, the sky sort of coming, it was all coming closer. Um, and it was, yeah, it was great. We just got back in the nick of time. 
Um, and I just sat sort of, I mean, you make sure that every, all the hatches are shut, all your ropes are tidy. You know, I'm constantly thinking about all of that. And then it was great. I just sat with a glass of red wine in the cockpit under the cover and watched the boat. Like we literally swung around in circles. All the boats around us went crazy and it's really fun to watch. But before we go on, I just wanted to, I, I was I just thinking when you're talking about your studio in Scotland, uh, Bernard Shaw had a studio in his backyard, uh, not in London, somewhere uh, outside of London. But, and it was actually really interesting. And it was uh, the studio that was on a, swivel and so he could follow the sun literally you know he turned it around as the day went on or different wow. seasons so it only had one window and one door um but he called it london so when people would come to visit um his wife would answer the door and say oh i'm sorry he's gone to london <laughs> <laughs> so you can always say if you know if you're really busy and you know i'm sorry i've gone to scotland that's a good idea <laughs> actually some people do confuse the uh, scotland islands they're like they get confused when you say I live in Scotland. I'm like, what in Scotland? In Scotland. So, yeah, I like that. So, tell tell us, a little, sorry, a little bit about your your art, your painting, uh, and what you've done, and and what you now do, because it's very interesting. Again, it adds another layer, another dimension to your fascination with water. Um, so, I predominantly paint on recycled sailcloth, which um, I stretch over a frame like a like a canvas, basically. Um, and I mainly paint seascapes. Um, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it then. <laughs> <laughs> that's simple, folks. If you're planning to be an artist, you should need some cell cloth and some paint, and you can do like. <laughs> so, is it? Is it? Uh, and this is a probably a technical question. Is it a synthetic canvas or is it an old sort of cloth canvas? Uh, uh, it's an old cloth canvas. Right, I okay. haven't tried any of the newer sort of synthetic fabrics of sail. Um, I don't know if they would work in the same way. Um, yeah, no, pretty... I imagine it would be hard to get it to stick. I'm going yeah. to jump in, Gemma, and I'm going to describe your paintings if you don't okay, mind. Okay, please do. Um, they're, I would call, they're very watery watercolours. They, they, they're they pictures of water painted with watercolours and and they have this lovely looseness and you, you, you celebrate sort of dribbles of paint and so on. And one of the striking things about using sailcloth is there'll be this delicate watercolour, often um, with a vantage point of being high in the air, and through the middle of the painting there'll be a stitching, which is the stitching on the canvas of a sail. And it adds a really exciting layer because it's a kind of random overlay of something that's gritty and raw and very kind of, very much part of sailing with this beautiful, slightly watery, ethereal watercolour effect. So that's how we describe your paintings. Lots of blues, lots of greens, lots of calming colours. Um, uh, that that sounds way better than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, look, I'm very tuned. We'll put a link to your website and to your art in the link below so people can actually see how it matches up with Chris's uh, description. <laughs> but uh, a, a, good, a good crack. So it's watercolour that you paint in on, on canvas. Well, it's, it's actually acrylic. Right. Uh, well, some of it's most of it's acrylic. I do use watercolor also, but I right. use um, I use the acrylic paint very watery. Right. I, I okay. like yeah, dilute it a lot so that yeah. it, it appears to be more watercolory. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Gemma, we we we've heard lots of stories already. We said we knew ideas, stories, and, and illustrations. We've heard lots of stories, but for me, the the story. I'd love to hear is is 
what 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 point was it you thought I've got to basically immerse myself in and dedicate myself to this idea of communicating water, water through through painting? And the reason I ask that is I imagine lots of people listening are, gonna, are thinking about, oh, that's all right for her, but but I've you know I've got a life to lead. I've got to do what normal people do, and she's obviously not like me. So, so how did you make that connection between something that inspires you? And actually getting on and, and pursuing it as a full-time career. I think um, I've always known in myself I'm quite self-driven and I'm not afraid of a bit of hard work. I've always pushed myself really hard. Um, so that kind of gave me the confidence to know that I could sort of do anything that I wanted to do because I knew that I wasn't going to give up and... I wouldn't have trouble getting up every morning and, you know, walking to the studio or driving the boat to the studio um, because, um, yeah, because I, I work hard and, and I, yeah, I'll just keep going until I get there rather than, um, rather than giving up. So I think that was basically all I needed um, in terms of confidence to, to just make that decision and, and take the jump. We had a guest a while back, a lady called Michelle Locke, and she's, exper- she's exploring the neuroscience of creativity. And one of the things she has discovered is the brain has its big breakthrough moments when it's relaxed and not thinking about the problem it's trying to crack. And so I, I, I guess my question is, have you spotted that? Because when you say, I try and push myself hard, I'm wondering if that sometimes blocks your creativity if you go I, I, I don't know what to paint I don't know what I'm doing next I'm going to push myself mm. is it actually harder to paint on those it's actually easier when you're relaxing with a glass of wine in the cockpit of the boat going oh I know what I'll do <laughs> <laughs> um, no that's definitely true um, when I'm trying to come up with ideas I have to that has to definitely be in an organic way not under a pressured situation um, but yeah, but in saying that, once I've got the idea and I've got the structure and I know what I've, you know, I've got a show or I've got to create something, I'm quite, I quite like deadlines and um, and I yeah, I will be able to work quite well under pressure um, to deadlines. It's interesting. I was actually writing about this this morning. I I love deadlines as well, and but at university, I used to always say I love the sound of them going whooshing by. Um, <laughs> so I, I passed. But, but it is interesting that, you know, I think a deadline is important, you know, for artists. But there is, you know, you need to have time before then, obviously, uh, to think and to ruminate and to, and to think. I'm really interested, you mentioned earlier, you, you named your dog Aki after um, Aki... Um, Aki Whiteley. Aki Whiteley. Uh, yeah. and, and, and obviously Brett Whiteley and, and, and Wendy as well, there was sort of the the polar opposites of your sort of peace and calm, you know, creative process, you know, and he was, he particularly was the, the tortured artist, the, you know, the archetypal tortured artist. Um, how, how do you go? Like, do you have a, a strict work uh, program uh, and do you get lonely? Uh, no, so I, I'll say I, I don't get lonely. Um, <laughs> I really like being by myself. Um, which probably goes well with being an artist. Um, I love solitude, and it's probably why I live on the boat by myself too. Um, I mean, I have Aki, my dog, um, which is great company always. Um, 
but yeah, I, I just quite enjoy my own space. So that's never been a problem. Um, and I definitely have a schedule. Like I'm a bit of a workaholic um, and my partner sometimes gets frustrated with that <laughs> because I, um, I don't have normal work days. I just usually want to be productive every day of the week, um, which can sometimes lead to a bit of a burnout. So I usually work um, I, well, with exhibitions and things like that. You work really hard for a few months and then you, you know, take time off or, you know, go a little bit slower for, for the next little interim. <laughs> so, Gemma, we, we haven't touched on the most exciting recent news for you. you. You're a finalist in the Win Prize. So congratulations on that. It means one of your images is currently hanging in the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Uh, so we're, I'm so excited for you about that. That's, it's great news. Oh, thank I wanna, you. I just want to ask about, I mean, how important are competitions, winning competitions? Because on one part of me, I think artists are about expressing themselves and doing what they want to do. And it doesn't matter what the world thinks. But on the other hand, it, of course, it does matter what the world thinks. And so what, what led you to enter the competition and where will it lead you next, do you think? I think um, it's just a really nice validation that you're doing something right, which is, you know, really nice to, to hear every now and then as an artist. Um, also, like, towards the end of last year, I was having a bit of a hard time and was overcome with self-doubt about my practice. And um, I don't know, there's a lot of rejection in all creative in industries and you enter prizes all the time and you never get in most of the time, you know. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's just really, really reassuring to have that recognition and for someone to say, hey, actually, you're doing something right. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. I didn't expect it at all. Yeah, no, look, that is very exciting. Congratulations from me as well. And, and, and you're right, you know, it is amazing to have that uh, validation. I, I, I was just really interested when you said about... Um, you know, at the end of last year, you had some some doubt, and and you know, and rightly saying that it is part and parcel of the creative creative process. How did you deal with it? Because obviously, you're you're back you're back on board, so to speak, uh, with uh, you know moving ahead with your art. Um, how did you deal with the the doubt? Um, I sort of seeked some help from other creatives, basically. Um, I um, made some connections with a few other artists. Uh, who, uh, you know, we went drawing together and um, got their perspective and then I signed up for a mentoring with um, Wilhelmina Russo who does art mentoring um, and that was great too. I just, yeah, I just tried to reach out to other people who were in the same boat as me. and So, and, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, there's some, I mean, there's great podcasts like, like your podcast and, and many other creative podcasts that speak to artists um, who go through hard times and, and just mm. listening to how other people cope with it is really helpful. Actually, do you have, just on that, a plug for another one of our guests, Mark McGuinness. Uh, he has a podcast called The 21st Century Creative uh, and it, it's really worth having a listen to, not only uh, our interview with Mark but his podcast. But he's a poet. Um, so he was a, he was a coach uh, and a, I think a counsellor and, and, and he's, a, he's a poet and then he helps people, he helps other creatives. So yeah, well, thanks for sharing with that. And it, it is something that I think a lot of people that aren't 
creatives or artists understand that you know it can get you can get you can get wobbly. Um, yeah, even definitely. the most talented and successful artists can still get wobbly. And the art world is so unpredictable. You know, there's no there's no formula about how to make it. Um, yeah. A lot about I don't know. I still haven't really worked it out. I think yeah, it's it's sort of a bit of luck and being in the right place at the right time or knowing the right person or making a great painting. Maybe I don't know. I'm still trying to work it out. <laughs> well, the good thing about being in the right time, the right place, and the right time for you is that you can move the place around on your boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I just drop my anchor in a different way. <laughs> yeah, but do, do you have? I'm, I'm going to the third part of our model. Is, is there a picture in your mind that brings this idea to life? Um, obviously, there are thousands of paintings that you've created, but. If, if you wanted one of our listeners to visualise, what, what does it look like, this idea of water and you on the boat? And uh, is there something you, you think other people could see that would capture this idea? Or is it just one of your paintings? Perhaps they should just go and look in the Art Gallery of New South Wales or the Bayless Pavilion where you have a solo exhibition running there. What, what, what's the picture in your mind behind this idea? Um, I mean... I guess it really is my paintings in that way. But the other image that comes to mind is just like sort of a drone image or perspective looking down on a bay and there's my boat in the middle of the bay or sailing, you know, with the nice sort of watery trails following the boat. Um, Mm. Yeah. And you do some of those images as well, don't you? You do some paintings which are from a drone perspective. Yeah, so I do have a drone and I, I use that to capture um, mm. to capture the landscape. Mm. You, I think all three of us share a passion for water. I mean, I, I was swimming and photographing in the water this very morning. Um, Paul is a boat owner, um, lives near the sea. And a watercolourist. And a watercolourist, of course. There you go. Me. So I guess the question that we haven't asked ourselves, which is an obvious question, which is why the water? Why not land? Why not people? Why not pets? You know, there's so many things artists can choose. And it seems to have come just from within you without even thinking about it. But can you articulate the attraction of water to you? I think because I grew up with water being such a huge part of my life that it's just become so so pivotal um uh yeah my my family grew up near the water we always had we had a little timber boat um and i grew up uh it was a a griffin a 29 foot griffin um my dad bought it with my grandpa um lots of varnishing on those boats (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) um and then i started sailing from like seven um on manly juniors and little dinghies and so i just remember even at that age going out on a sunday and just being on the water and just forgetting everything else that you had going on in your life because you just moving with the wind and hearing the noises of the the water and watching the light change and the wind change and it's just so calming yeah no that's that's fascinating have you read jack de crow yes i have Um, that's a great story. <laughs> it is very, a He's very funny too. I oh, know it's hilarious. Uh, you know it is. A, it is a wonderful story. Um, 
And in fact, that that was I, I sailed as a child as well. I sailed um, Sabos and then Thorpes and then a fourteen foot skiff. Um, so we came from sailing families. Um, but I think I what I just wanted to pick up on something you just said there. Um, you know, it was about the you know the wind and the the peacefulness. But you also picked up about the light. You know, you said the the light and the light is certainly very different on on water. Uh, so you think that was sort of a uh, and sort of entree into directing your your art, sort of the idea of the light and the water. Yeah, definitely. I think I was really in tune to to how it changed and how the colours changed and how the shadows changed. Um, and even at that age when I wasn't making art, I was just being aware of it and um, appreciating it. Um, yeah, it just sort of planted that seed in my head. Um, well well, that's the image that I'm going to take away in my head uh, about this, you know, the, the dappled light and the changing colour of the water as the image that sums up this idea that you have about, you know, embodying water in your life in both living and and your um, in your art and, and the stories that go with it, which have just been absolutely wonderful. So, Gemma, thank you so much. This has been an absolutely uh, wonderful chat. Um, I'm, I'm thinking it's very windy here in Brisbane today, so I, I can't get out on the boat, but you're making me uh, wanting to get out on my boat. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Gemma, thank you so much. A great pleasure to chat to you again. And like, like Paul, I can't wait to see what comes out of the residency. And I haven't been to the Art Gallery of New South Wales yet. If you're listening, Gemma's work is in the Art Gallery of New South Wales as part of the Win Prize finalist, and she has a solo exhibition at the Bathers Pavilion in Balmoral in Sydney, which is almost completely sold out but there are still some works available i think uh, get to the bathers pavilion in sydney as well thank you so much Gemma. thank you thanks for having me thank you Gemma. that was a fantastic discussion chris uh thanks for inviting uh Gemma along um always great to have a fellow artist uh, who also likes boats and has a dog's name of archie which is very similar to architect so uh <laughs> But uh, it was really a fascinating chat, chat and I think a, a kindred spirit for both of us. I got a the strong feeling of artists bonding going on there, Paul. I, I sort of slightly <laughs> worried about it, intervening there. But we're hoping people listening have got lots to say about this episode as well. So if you do, pop a comment in the chat box below. Um, drop us an email if you want to find out more. Or, and, you know, most of them hit like. Tell your mates about the, the common creative. And if you'd really like to get involved, we'd love you to join us on one of our workshops. Um, we have a lunchtime... Paul, why don't you tell us? We do lunchtime workshops. We have a lunchtime point. workshop coming up uh, online on the 22nd of June. Uh, the link to the Eventbrite will be in the link below. Um, and yeah, look, come along. It's twelve thirty. Goes for an hour, and it's about ideas and stories that matter. And um, and look, I, and I think uh, you know, just as a, a last point, looking forward to getting Gemma back after her residency in some place in France that is unpronounceable. See you next week. Cheers. <laughs>